We live in a world plagued by pornography, and people are looking for help. When an individual struggles with pornography, they often turn to their church leader for that help. How does a leader help a person overcome the shame of this issue and start seeing positive progress? How can a leader help youth to open up about struggles with pornography? What are some lasting, proven tactics that actually make a difference? In order to help, Leading Saints has created the Liberating Saints Library with more than 20 presentations featuring individuals who have a unique perspective or expertise around this topic. Three of those most popular sessions are available to watch now. Simply text the word LEAD to 474747 to start watching now or visit leadingsaints.org liberating. And remember, text the word LEAD to 474747 in order to access the three most popular sessions of the Liberating Saints Library. Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through various ways, including this very podcast that you're listening to. I hope you subscribe. Maybe leave us a review while you're at it. And I think you'll enjoy the content you find on this podcast. And then jump on over to leadingsaints.org and you'll find thousands of articles dedicated to leadership context as it relates to uh, being a Latter-day Saint. We have virtual summits that we've done. Check us out on social media. And also a weekly newsletter goes out that has unique content you won't find anywhere else. So uh, jump into the Leading Saints world. We're glad to have you. Okay. <laughs> With Richard Bernard, how are you, Richard? I'm doing well, thank you. Cool. Now, we've had a chance to interact on uh, some different stages here. You were kind enough to invite me on to your podcast, and uh, and then we met briefly at Education Week, where you were teaching there as well. And so, yes. maybe we'll start with uh, where we met is on, on your podcast. Give us a little background of your podcast and what you're trying to accomplish with that. Well, again, to give some background, it all started with a book. I wrote a book on the Gospel Library on how to use it, and this was a few years ago. And um, it's an interesting story because when I first, I basically wrote a draft, and then I put it digitally on the shelf. And uh, I was having prayer one day, and it said, finish the book. And I thought, okay. All right. So anyway, I wanted to follow the prompting. So I spent about, I think, two or three months, eight hours a day, totally modifying the book and redoing it. And I knew nothing about publishing. And so I did my research on publishing and I looked at a few publishers. And I would have gone to Deseret Books, but they wanted had some requirements I just didn't want to meet. And so I um, ended up going to uh, Cedar Fort. But anyway, and all the stuff I read, it says that when you submit a manuscript, it takes six months to a year to get thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I did my part. I sent it off digitally to uh, Cedar Fort. I get a call the next morning at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. And they said, uh, we need to talk. And I talked, I think we've been a week later, and within three weeks later, a contract had been signed, and now we're in the editing process and everything. And to attach to that, also, I applied to BYU Education Week to teach there about the Gospel Library, and that was just before the book. And they sent a nice letter saying, thank you, but no thank you. And then as the book was in progress, I'm having prayer again. It says, apply to BYU again. And I go, oh, come on, I already did. It's a lot of work because you've got to submit a tape, yeah. and it's a lot of work. And I said, I I've been through that. They're just going to turn it down. They're not interested. And it just said, submit the paperwork. And I only had a week left to the deadline. This was in September. And so I said, okay. So I went through the whole process, got it in at the last minute. And the following January, they said, we want you to present. And so this is where it all kicked off. And then as I started talking to people throughout the United States, I have a website on this, The Busy Latter-day Saint. What happened is that I started realizing that people need help in studying the scriptures. I am not convinced, and I, I'm even more convinced now that most people don't know how to study the scriptures. And I also served a two-year mission at the MTC teaching how to study the scriptures with missionaries one-on-one. -on -one. Hmm. And so I've had a lot of experience. And so I thought, again, I was prompted during prayer, start a, a podcast. I never did a podcast. I didn't know anything about it. So I started doing my research and buying a microphone and all of that. And uh, it's taken off and it's been very successful. 
That's um, great. I just interview everyday people most of the time. I've had a few famous authors on there and uh, also some uh, LDS filmmakers and things like that. But just like I interviewed somebody yesterday, just an everyday member of the church. And uh, it's been interesting how people study. And the people I do interview are people who are actually studying every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to let you know, most of the membership is not studying daily. The church is very aware of this. In fact, it's a very low percentage and so of the general membership. And so the church is trying to get people to get into the scriptures and read them and understand them and how to study them. And so that then led me to having this podcast. I used to have the podcast weekly, but it's very difficult, as you know, yeah. getting guests. <laughs> yeah. And I think you have somebody that helps you get the guests, don't you? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a full-time job. I don't have that much time. Yeah. So I finally made it. I'll publish when I have somebody to talk to. And so I don't do it every week anymore, but it's still there. It's very active and it gets good literature. Uh, and it's called the, the Busy Latter-day Saint, right? The Busy Latter-day Saint. And it's on every platform that there is. Yeah. Nice. All right. So explain uh, what's behind the tag that you're wearing uh, there. Well, I got a call in April from Salt Lake and uh, from Rob Jackson, the priesthood family department. And he says, Richard, we'd like you to serve an indefinite mission. <laughs> and I said, indefinite. He said, yes, indefinite mission. And he said, you don't have to report any hours. Mm-hmm. So I have a mission. I don't need to report hours. Okay. What else about this mission? Well, you don't have a mission president. You don't have a companion. And I go, okay. Well, what am I supposed to do on this mission? And he says, we haven't figured that out yet. Wow. Yeah. And so I said, well, <laughs> I'm willing to jump in. The church is calling me, so I will serve. And so what it was is they called me and three others, and each of us have a specialty. One has kind of a specialty in marketing and and so forth. And uh, so after I was set apart, it became very clear. The Lord started revealing me, you know, just line upon line of what I need to do. So right now we're starting a pilot program in our stake. It's been running for a while. And I talk to stakes and wards and People one-on-one, anybody that's willing to listen, I will talk to them about the Gospel Library and how it's such a powerful tool. And what happened is a little bit of background. Somewhere during the last year or two, the priesthood department brought the Gospel Library to the brethren, the improvements they've made, and just talked about all the bells and whistles and what they're planning on doing. And the brethren looked at it and said, and I'm paraphrasing this because um, I wasn't there in the meeting, but... They basically said, what you're describing to us is a Ferrari, and most members of the church can't even get into second gear. So we need to work on getting the gospel library into the hands of the members using it, and then we can talk about all the bells and whistles. And so that's, that's how this came about, and eventually I was called on this mission. And so that was the impetus of this, this mission call, is that they're trying to figure out just the best approach, the best practices that people are using in relation to the gospel library app. Yes. And that's why I approached you because your podcast and everything you do is about leadership. Yeah. And we need to get the leaders involved. So once I was set apart, I realized I need to talk to our state president, who, by the way, had just been called two weeks, three weeks before. And I sat down with him and I said, you set me apart with this mission and here's what I feel we need to do. And he listened and he said, I'm all in. And I was kind of shocked. (laughs) And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, last week I read a talk by one of our general authorities. It was meant for stake presidents and bishops. And it was, we need to get members involved in the scriptures. And he said, anything you can do to get that happening, I'm all in. So he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, the first thing I want to do is have a meeting and study the scriptures with the stake presidency. He goes, oh, okay. And I said, you pick the scripture, I'll show up. And what I'm going to do is model the gospel library as we're studying. Mm-hmm. And so we met, uh, we studied the scriptures for about an hour and 15 minutes. So we never got past the first verse because we, I was also teaching how to study the gospel. And it's yeah. like uh, the person I interviewed yesterday, um, he said, sometimes he spends an hour just studying one verse because he looks at all the words and the meaning of the words. And he starts coming up with questions and things like that. So anyway, 
once I modeled it with the, the state presidency, I said, now this is what we need to do. I need to get my in front of all the leaders of the state and gradually get them so they feel comfortable using the gospel library. Hmm. And so that's what we're gradually doing. And so, yeah. in fact, I have another meeting with them this coming Sunday. But it's just to get it in their hands and start using it. Now, over the last, I guess, three weeks ago, in fact, I've got the quote here, Elder Rasban said, I have really felt strongly that the ways that I hear the Spirit of the Lord best in my life is my reading the scriptures and following the promptings of the Holy Ghost. In my Gospel Library app, I have a whole section that is entitled My Scripture Revelations. Hmm. And so now we have an, an apostle saying, I'm using the Gospel Library, and I'm doing and asking you to do what you should be doing with, within the Gospel Library. Yeah. Because what happens is the brethren have a two, kind of a two-purpose thing about this Gospel Library, and that is to provide members with digital offline access to scriptures, to conference talks and hymns. And secondly, and actually they say it's the primary purpose, is to facilitate revelatory experiences and get them recorded. And this is why if you go into the Come Follow Me curriculum, right there at the top, there's a little blip of message there, and it says, record your impressions. Mm -hmm. And so the brethren are trying to get us to record our revelations within the gospel library. Hmm. So let's back up, Richard, with just the, the general concept of scripture study. You know, you mentioned that someone along the way said that members aren't even getting out of second gear with, with scripture study. And, and I've sp spent all the time thinking about this as far as what scripture study is. And sometimes we can watch, you know, a PhD on YouTube and get an mm -hmm. idea of, or, or we get this perception that like, I sort of have to be bilingual at Hebrew and, and, you know, I have to really be able to understand the the vast contexts of, of all these verses and things. But if someone's just come to you and say, what's the point of scripture study? What are we trying to do? How would you respond to that? Well, the first point in scripture study is revelation. It was uh, brother Packer that said that the scriptures are the key to revelation. Hmm. And I have a whole bunch of quotes here I can read. And the other general authorities have said the same thing, that if you want to have revelation, you do two things. You study the scriptures and you start writing. In mm -hmm. fact, Elder Scott said, your pen is the antenna to revelation. And so what we want people to do, if somebody came to me and said, well, why do we do this? Well, the first thing is, President Nelson has said, every member is entitled to daily revelation. And he's also said, and I'm paraphrasing, that we need daily revelation because times are getting tough and they're going to get tougher. And we need to depend and have the experience of working with the Spirit so that we can know what to do. And so you want to study the scriptures. You want to make time. Now, I've interviewed women that have got five children running around. They're all under age of eight. She's got a nursing baby. And how does she find the time to study the scriptures? She said, I do it while I'm nursing. Hmm. So the Lord looks at our circumstances, and I don't know, someone's very, very sick. And I don't know if you've ever been really, really sick in your life. I've been one time, and you just want to lay there. But if you took two minutes just to read a scripture, is that studying the scriptures? Well, for that person, yes. Will the Lord reward you for doing that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm retired now. I think the Lord expects more of my scripture study than 15 minutes or a half hour. So I do spend more time, but I'm retired. And I've got more time. You're running a business. You've got a family. You've got children. It's hard to fit it in there unless you get up really early in the morning or something. So that's what why you want to study the scriptures is so that you can have daily revelation. Yeah. And then what about the dynamic as far as sometimes it feels like there's so much talk about scripture study that we fall into this mode of that there's a right way to do it. And you've alluded to some of those that, you know, there's really no right way, but but at the same time, you want it to be effective, right? And so there's almost like this right way for it to be effective. Right. And so how do we how do we strike that balance? Well, to be effective, really, there's only a few things. First of all, you start off with prayer. That's the first thing. Secondly, it really helps if you have a question. Now, the question could be, should I buy a new car? You know, but the old one's just about hardly making it down the road. We know it's coming up. It's now the time. Should I wait until it just dies in the road? We're tight on money. We're trying to figure out how to do this. Is now the time, you know, something like that. And then start reading the scriptures. 
and look at words that pop out to you. I used to ask the missionaries at the MTC, and again, I met with them one-on-one. I'd say, if you spent 40 minutes studying just one verse and your companion read three chapters, who do you think got the most out of their scripture study? And they always said, just studying that one scripture, that one verse. I said, yes. And so if we could just get people to slow down, ask questions, you know, you say Hebrew and Greek. Well, there's ways around that. And I'll mention them later if we uh, come to that. But it's the Holy Ghost that teaches us. So if we can have prayer, come with a question. And you don't have to have it. I don't always start with a question. But then start reading and reading for understanding. And if you get stuck, you should have a pen and a paper with you all the time. Or I use digital devices. In fact, um, I showed the Sunday school class. I was asked to sub the Sunday school class a week ago. And I showed him, I mo- of course, I'm modeling my gospel library. And I said, these are my notes while I was studying. These are the questions that I came up with. And it mm-hmm. took me a week to find answers to those questions. And so that's what somebody needs to do. Have prayer. Really take the time to think about what you're reading. Come up with some questions about that scripture. Write them down and have prayer. Yeah. And then just be quiet and you'll yeah. be amazed. In fact, I've got several quotes from the general authorities that said that once you start writing or using your thumbs or you know, dictating uh, whatever you're doing to write, more revelation comes. And I have found that's always the case. If I start writing because I've got a question, then other questions pop up and other revelations do appear. Yeah, that's really helpful. So take us into the gospel library, generally speaking. I mean, I think most members who have a smartphone have this app on their phone. Yes, they reference they it. You know, in, in a typical Sunday school class, you'll see a lot of phones or tablets at with people navigating through this this app. Right. But uh, I mean, what what are we missing or where should we start with uh, understanding the, the strength of this app? Well, the first thing you have to do is play. Okay. It, it's okay to push buttons. The thing's not going to blow up. You're not going to lose anything. And just to play, I teach a weekly class to senior missionaries for Provo and Orem on how to use digital devices for missionary work. And I just get them over the fear of playing. Hmm. I get a new app and I'm, I'm touching every single button I can, see what it does. Yeah. And that's the first thing, to just get over that fear. Secondly, realize that it is a very powerful tool that's been given to us. In fact, I have finally come with a quote that, the Gospel Library is your personal Leohona. It has vast resources and sacred texts to draw you closer to the Savior, to hasten His work, to do missionary work, and to magnify your calling. So if you realize that within that app, it is a tool to help keep you on that covenant path. For example, you're having lunch, no matter where you're having lunch. You've got the phone with you. Why not open up the Gospel Library? Why not read a conference talk? Why not read the getting ready for the priesthood lesson or maybe read a little bit more about the calling that you've just been called to. And so it's there for us to use. And uh, people mainly are using it. What's happening is, first of all, the church keeps track of all the devices that are being used. Not you personally, Kurt, or me personally, (laughs) Richard, but they know that somebody, I have both an iPhone and, and an Android here. They know that if I open up my iPhone, how long I'm in the gospel library. And they have it from three seconds to seven seconds and from eight seconds to 12 seconds and so on. And they know which part of the gospel library you went to. Mm -hmm. So with that understanding, I still have a graph, but I haven't used it in a long time. What you'll see is on Sunday, it goes, just shoots up to the top. And then Monday, it shoots almost down to the bottom. And stays almost that way until you get to Friday and it starts climbing a little bit, Saturday even more, and then Sunday you're back up. Well, what's (laughs) happening on Friday and Saturday? People are taking the last minute to prepare their lessons, which they shouldn't be doing. They should prepare their lessons a week (laughs) or two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. But we know a lot of members can't or don't do that. So we know, and now with COVID, it jumped up and didn't drop down as far. Hmm. Because now people are home, they're bored. Um, might as well open up the gospel library. But it still comes down quite a bit. And what we want to do is Sunday, yes, up quite a high, but down just a little bit and just kind of flatten out and come back up. And that's what we're, what we're aiming for. 
And so people have to realize that this is a very powerful instrument that the Lord has given us. In fact, I have a quote here from uh, Elder Golden. He said, the church has dedicated significant effort to improve this app in order to support church members as they seek to increase their gospel learning and inspiration using their mobile devices. We encourage members to use it to enhance their study and draw near to the Lord and his holy prophets. Yeah, that's powerful. So tell us, as you interview different people or even just through your day-to-day efforts of, in your mission, what are some good best practices with, with using the app or tools that maybe get lo- looked over too easily? Okay, well, to answer that question, I'll give a little story. Okay. And, and, the, and the story is, uh, when I started wearing this badge, I'm not required to wear this badge all the time. But I do, because when I'm out at Costco or wherever I'm at, somebody will say, where are you serving? And I will say, I'm serving in the priesthood family department. And they go, you're serving where? (laughs) And then I say, well, I'm one of the experts on the gospel library, and the brother wants you to use the gospel library. And they'll go, oh, I use the gospel library. It's great. And I used to leave it at that. And then the Lord prompted me, no, you got to ask them a question. Hmm. So once they brag about how they're using the gospel library, I go, how about tagging? How are you doing on your tagging? I'm like, what? Well, okay. What about notes? Oh, well, I don't use notes. And what they're saying is, in fact, I was at, uh, where was I? I was at The Habit a few weeks ago, and I was alone. And I mentioned something about a little child. He must have been two years old. And uh, the mother said, oh, thank you. And then she asked about the badge. And then I started talking about the gospel library. She said, oh, I just used it this morning. It's so wonderful. And I said, well, what about tagging your notes? And she goes, uh, what? She ended up sitting down with me while she was waiting for her order. It was a takeout. And while I was eating my meal, and we talk about the gospel library. So where do you start? Well, the first thing to start is making notes. And all you have to do is highlight the text, and a little menu will pop up, and you tap on note. And you can type as long or dictate as long as you want to. Now, for people that don't like to do this on their mobile device, you can dictate, and dictation works really well on these devices. So the main thing is to start making notes. So if you read First Nephi, verse 1, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, therefore uh, I was taught somewhat in the language of my father. Just making a note about that, that why did he say goodly? What is it about goodly? What does goodly mean? What did it mean during the time of Joseph Smith? What does it mean now? And why did he point out that they were goodly parents? Why didn't he just say they were? Why didn't he just say, "I Nephi, having been born of just some wonderful parents"? What was it about the word goodly? And if you make notes that you can keep coming back to, then that's where it all begins. And then you can go to the internet and say, "Goodly, what does it mean?" On the internet, you can go to the uh, Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary and look up goodly. You can go on the internet to an etymology site and say, where did that word come from? And I did research on it for over a week, just on what goodly meant. Mm -hmm. And it really opened up, and that's all in my notes. And so that's where it starts, is just making notes. Your thoughts, your revelations, and it's all attached to that chapter, that uh, verse. And your notes are searchable. So two years from now, I can search something and it will come right up. And that's the power of using a digital device over using pen and paper. I've had people that keep journals and they got them on their shelf. And I go, okay, if you want to look at what you wrote about charity two years ago, how long is it going to take you to find it? Yeah. I can find it. I can find it within seconds. Yeah. But you would have to go and pull it off and, and start going through the pages. And so that's the power of using digital devices. So the first thing is to use notes. Second is to use tags. Tags are a way to take a scripture and assign it to a topic. And you just make up the topic. I've got tags that say baptism child, baptism spirit, and so on and so forth. And so what you're able to do then is you can be in a Sunday school class. Well, for example, you're in a Sunday school class and you you think of this quote that would help somebody in the class who's struggling with a certain issue but you can't remember the quote. You just Mm -hmm. remember it's a great quote that would help that person. And you remember it had a few keywords in it. And so you do your best to try to say the quote and it just doesn't have any power. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice within two or three seconds to go quotes 
your hashtag or tag quotes and go in there. Zoop, there it is. I'd like to read a quote from Elder Packer that said back in 18, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so you can actually read the quote. And nice. So that's why you want to tag. So if someone just got started with notes and tags, they're, they're going to make a lot of progress. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm proud to say that I use tags pretty consistently. Notes, not so much, but that's where I can repent in. Yes. Yeah. I, I was going to call you to repentance on that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And I don't know if you are in the, have the ear of individuals who have the app or influence the app and design the app, but I think it would be so cool if you're, if we were able to like share our tags, right? Like, all the oh, yes. tags under faith, you could just like send a link to someone and say, here, here's all the quotes I've found on faith. But anyway, yeah, maybe yeah. I, I do have direct contact to them since I've been called on the mission. In fact, I usually run the alpha version and then the version that you're using right now, which is version 6.0. I actually have two church identities now. Oh, nice. Um, I have one that's called Samuel Smith. No, Samuel Adams. And, uh, the scripture not marked up at all. And that's what I use for teaching. Because oh, cool. I found it was difficult. I do so much teaching of this that using my scriptures, they're all yeah. marked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'll move to my scriptures to show, okay, here's what it looks like when you're using all your notes and tags and everything. But uh, it's better to teach from blank slate. So yeah. I have that. But this is sharing of that and other requests. Uh, people would like to have photos into oh, yeah. the notes and notebooks. These are things that are being discussed. I don't know the wisdom. I guess if I could share one tag, that might be a good thing. I've had people come up to me and say, can I get a list of all your tags? Oh, and yeah. I say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. But really what makes the tagging so important is that I created them. Yeah, it's They're personalized. My tags. Yeah. And they have meaning to me. Now, I have... I don't know. My goodness, I, if I look here of all my tags that I have, I've got, <laughs> I have a lot. It's a, a, a long, long list. You can sort those tags by count. I have 138 tags just on prayer, 117 tags on faith, 113 tags on revelation, 101 tags on the Holy Ghost. I tell people if you look at my tags by count and look at the first 10, you'll know what is really important to me. Yeah. Prayer, faith. Revelation, the Holy Ghost, Scriptures, Temple, Missionary Work, and Atonement. And I guess repentance is number 11. Maybe that should be a number one, but it's number 11 as far as, as, far, as, far as count. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, but yeah, and then I can, I can just keep scrolling down. I'm still scrolling down. Yeah. And I, I've got a lot of tags here. And so some of the tags only have one thing. I have a tag on murder, and that meant something to me. Uh-huh. And if I, ta- if I tap on that, it takes me to Healman 412 about what was happening, murdering and plundering and lying and stealing and committing adultery. So as I'm studying, I sometimes go, I want to be able to bring this back up. So what word would help me bring up the scripture? Yeah. And, and of yeah. course, murder was it. Yeah, this is it's such a, and it's really something that would be a whole lot more difficult to do with traditional paper scriptures is this tagging process. You know, you need quite a system to do that. And I've I've appreciated that, like, for example, looking for for scriptures around the concept of justification and sanctification you know this is a, a a theme that comes up a lot in the scriptures even though they don't use the same words every time so i've enjoyed being able to every time i come across one of those i thought oh there's another another scripture mm-hmm. talking about justification and sanctification i'll tag it and then to go through and just see the different ways that this doctrine yes. is talked about with such different words is it's yes. awesome yeah yes it is I have a story. I was at a, um, a Home Depot. Um, I needed to find something and I couldn't find it. And so a woman that works there said, can I help you? Which is unusual for Home Depot. But anyway, <laughs> I actually got somebody to help me. She helped me find the item and she says, where are you serving? And I told her and she was shocked. And, and I said, well, I'm one of the experts in the gospel library. I went through my whole spiel. And she said, oh, we stopped in my family stopped using the gospel li- or the gospel library. We're back to just reading our hard copy of the scriptures, even my teenagers who use it within um, a seminary. And I said, you need to repent. And she <laughs> said, what? And I said, let me ask you a question. When you learn all of this stuff as you have your hard copy of the scriptures, where's the information going? She said, it's all up here. I said, that's phenomenal. Okay. Can we role play for a minute? 
<laughs> and she said, okay, well, I'm a non-member and you're talking to me about the church. And I just want to know about the Trinity. What does the church believe about the Trinity? She said, oh, that's easy. And she rattled off uh, articles of faith, number one, right? And I said, that's great. But where in the scriptures does it say that? And she went, okay, you made your point. <laughs> I said, if you'd have been tagging, and she didn't know what tagging was, if you'd have been tagging, yeah. I can bring it up in three seconds on my phone, and it'll show me the key scriptures that point to that. And this is why we, the brethren want this in our hands. Because the person I interviewed last night, he's got two large shelves of books for research of the scriptures. I have it all here. Yeah. And it's not just the scriptures. There are videos in here. There is music. There is, you name it, it's all in here. You just have to know where to find it. Yeah. Any other, uh, you know, tags and notes, uh, definitely a, a highlight there. Any other tactics people are maybe overlooking how they could use the gospel library? Well, there's also linking mm. and you can link, uh, a conference talk to a scripture, you can link a conference talk to something in the handbook or link it to a video. By the way, you can link videos and you can tag videos, anything that has text. All videos have a title. All videos have a little description. You can just highlight that and uh, tag those. So linking is another process. And uh, screens, what screens is, is it shows you all screens. is like on a browser, you have your tabs. Yeah. Well, every time you open a part of the Gospel Library, that's a tab. And so if you tap on screens, which now is in the lower right-hand corner for both Android and Apple, you see all the ones you have open. And so that's a way to quickly go from one part to another part as you're studying. So maybe, maybe you've opened up uh, the topical guide, and maybe you've opened up the Bible dictionary, and now you're in uh, the Book of Mormon. And so you can quickly switch to those back and forth as you do it. So the screens, the linking capability, and of course, notebooks are very, very powerful. If I have a talk I'm giving in sacrament meeting, I recorded my notes in the gospel library in a uh, notebook called sacrament meeting talk on such and such a date. Hmm. And um, a great example, the power of the gospel library, when you put all these things together, one time I had a bishop come up to me just before sacrament, and he had that look in his face. And I think you've served as bishop, if yep. I'm right. Yep. And I served as bishop. And we know what it's like when all the speakers have called and said they're sick. Yep. Has it ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah, yes. several times. Yes, it has. Okay, happened to me. Okay. And so bishop comes to me and he's got that look in his face. I know that look. He's going to ask me to do something. And so he comes up and says, Brother Bernard, we'd like you to speak in sacrament meeting. Well, okay. When? Uh, today? Okay. What's the subject? It's on charity. Okay, I'm ready. Why? Because I've tagged and because I've created notebooks. And all I have to give me three or four minutes to review my tags and my notebooks, I'll decide which I'm going to use. And then I have to let the spirit guide me on what I'm going to actually talk about. But this is the power of this app. And most people don't understand how powerful it is and how much it should play a part in their daily lives. Yeah. So in the context of leadership, like what could leaders do or even youth leaders to make sure that that this app is being encouraged and used and you know strengthening people's testimonies because of of their engagement with the scriptures. Well, let's just take general leadership and then I'll get to the youth. Okay. Uh, general leadership, they need to be using the gospel libraries. I told my state presidency, now my state president has an iPad there on his desk and he's also got hard copy of the scriptures, but I said when you go to the scriptures, use your iPad. And so you're, you're counseling somebody on something. Maybe it's a, a couple with their marriage and you're counseling them. And you say, let's go to the scriptures. Just tell them, get out your gospel library and let's go to whatever scripture he's going to go to. And if he sees people, and I'm going to actually do it here. You're the stake president and he says, go to a scripture. And so, and I'm going to talk through as I'm doing this. Okay, I'm going to go here and I got to go to the library and then I'm going to go to scriptures. And then he said the Book of Mormon, and uh, was that Third Nephi or Fourth Nephi? Third Nephi, okay, Third Nephi. And what I'm doing is tapping through all these. Mm-hmm. And as a stake president, if I saw that, I say, can we just take a minute? And if you'll hurt, hit your search button and go up to search and just type in in for Nephi, 
and I'm making the scripture up. I don't know which one is going to lead me to. Chapter 3, verse 2, just in 3-2, you'll see a list of right there. It says 3 Nephi 3-2, tap on yeah. it, and we're there. And now what the state president has done is he's modeled using the gospel library, and he's taught somebody a very simple step. And so leaders need to be, when they're at the podium giving a talk, they should be using their gospel library. And so leadership is by example. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is what you, you specialize in. <laughs> leadership is by example. It's not by dictating. It's people watch how a leader lives and yeah. how they, their actions match their words. Correct? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. And I, you, you could talk in the next few hours on that. And so that's what the leaders in general have to do. So my wife, for example, she's a leader when she teaches uh, Release Society. And so now she brings up the, the gospel library up on the screen in the Release Society room. She doesn't make a big deal out about it, but it's up there. And then she, one time she said, you know, on these conference talks, if we open up the related content, there is all the scriptures that are with that conference talk. So why don't we talk about some of these scriptures? And she's not making a big deal about it. And if leaders would model, what's going to happen is gradually somebody in the class is going, how did you get to that scripture so quickly? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, let me show you. When I was teaching at BYU Education Week, I would tell, I want everyone to become a gospel library missionary. When you're sitting next to somebody and you see somebody going like this to finally find the scripture, and by the time they found it, they're on another scripture, after Sunday school, just say, can I share something with you? And my wife does it all the time with people, and they go, I didn't know I could find this, that so quickly. And so that's what generally the leaders need to do is simply model, be using it, talk about it, and eventually people will want to follow them. Now, with the youth, that is an interesting question because everyone assumes that the youth know how to use their digital devices. No, they don't. In fact, I have a quote here I'm going to share. This was a, a research done back in 2016. It says, while parents report that they communicate with their children about technology use, the children say that the parents only tell them which behaviors to avoid rather than which behaviors to pursue. Hmm. And so what leaders can do within the home, the mother and the father, is when they have family home evening projected up on the screen, all of our flat screens will take the the gospel library, it doesn't matter if it's Android or Apple, and demonstrate to the children how to use the gospel library. Read the gospel library up on the screen and then tell the children, okay, now let's, and most children don't, well, it depends, but most children don't each have a single device. So if I had young children, I'd say, okay, we've read the scripture and we've studied it. Let's record now what our impressions. And I, we, you can have little journals for each child. There's all sorts of ways to do it, but this is how, in general, membership does it. So the youth, what we have to do, a great example is um, Brother Grant, who is with the More Good Foundation. We're good friends, and he just was released as bishop, but he loved using the Gospel Library. And of course, he was very much into technology, but, and I can't remember which chapter it was, but when he first became bishop, he went to his young men during Sunday meeting, and he said, okay, your assignment next week is this chapter in the Book of Mormon. Come with all the questions you can come with, and let's talk about it. So the next week, they met, and he says, okay, who have had questions? Hardly anybody had any questions? And one or two said, well, I found one question. Well, I found two. And he said, okay, let me share with you how many questions I have in the first verse. He had 11 questions. Hmm. 11. And he said, now, let's get into the scriptures. And what's happening quite often in youth classes is that they read a scripture, but they don't get into it. Yeah. Okay. And that's what we need to do. And we get into it and we show them how to use. There's apps, other apps like the Blue Letter Bible. You can be an expert at Greek and Hebrew if you use the Blue Letter Bible. Hmm. You can click on a verse. It'll show you the whole thing in Hebrew. It'll break down each of the Hebrew words into English. And you don't need to be an expert at Hebrew yeah, or Greek. And so that's what we need to do with the youth is get them into the scriptures and deeply into the scriptures. 
and show how to study the scriptures, how to question the, the words. Why did Joseph Smith in his translation use that adjective and not another one? What does that one adjective mean? What does it mean when the scriptures say, therefore? Well, therefore is a conclusion to a logical statement. So I made a logical statement. Therefore, this is, and there's, there, there's the conclusion. And so we teach these type of things to the youth. And I'm good friends with a seminary teacher down in St. George. He just finished his PhD in this very subject of using the gospel library in the classroom. Oh, wow. Yes. And I, I'm one of the few people that actually read his uh, thesis. When I asked for it, he goes, wow, between you and the board and my mom, I guess you're the fourth person that's going to read it. <laughs> but I did read all 300 pages because I found that's it cool. fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And what we're finding is that if we can get them involved in the scriptures, teach them how to mark the scriptures, get them to make notes in the scriptures, get them to do the, the tags and the linking, go through that process with them, they are sold. They are really sold on using the gospel library within their lives. So the key with the youth is don't take the devices away. Use the devices to get them more involved within the gospel and in Revelation. I was, uh, uh, because of my mission, I attend meetings up in Salt Lake. And we were at a meeting and someone said, there's a stake that's having a youth conference during the summertime. And they've told the kids, do not bring your mobile devices. Mm. And all of us in the committee were going, what? Mm, <laughs> you want them to bring them. You want them to bring them and then teach them how to use them. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you wanted to have an interesting experiment with them while they got them in their hands, say, okay, for the next 24 hours, we're not going to use our devices. Okay. And then have everyone put them away. Uh, somebody gathers them up and watches over them. And after 24 hours, you could have to use, how did you deal with it? And they said, well, I kept wanting to check for a text message or check for this. Well, why don't we learn the best way to use the gospel or just our devices in general? Yeah. Let's go and let's look at our phones. Both the Android and the Apple will do it. Let's look at how much time you spent last week on TikTok. And then let's look at how much time you spent in the gospel library. <laughs> and, you know, get discussions going with the youth. And so this is what the youth leaders can do. They, they want to, you've got to be able to get the youth involved in the scriptures and tell them we're going to use this device as much as we possibly can during class time. And we're going to have quiet time. I was talking to a member of the uh, Brother McElby, Brother McElby, who works in the um, Come Follow Me committee. And I had an hour meeting with him, and I, I, I talked about it. I said, my greatest concern is there's no time in class to write revelation, impressions, and thoughts. Hmm. And he said, absolutely. I, the committee agrees with you 100%. And that's why we have this record your impressions at the top. But they're not taking time in the class to do it. I said, the second thing is, that we read a scripture and then we move on to the next scripture. Yeah. Where actually we could take that one scripture and ask the person, what were you feeling when you read it? What words popped out to you? Why did those words pop out to you? And then I could ask you, you know, another person, Brent, I said, uh, Brother Franklin, when she read that scripture, what were you feeling? Yeah. Now let's take time to record. And Brother McElby said, I, we agree with you 100%. We just, as a committee, haven't found out how to do it. And I thought, well, okay, well, I'm going to have an experiment. I was asked to sub for a Sunday school class. And so I'm going to take what everything we've talked about at, um, in Salt Lake. And I, I've made a great study of uh, the um, teachers, the Savior teaches, and also the handbook on Sunday school. And I put all that together. And so I ran a class, ideally how it should happen. It's an interesting experiment, hmm. and I probably will never be asked to teach again. <laughs> Are you saying it didn't go well or what? No, well, <laughs> what happened is I took the first five minutes. I said, I'm going to share with you what I learned when I studied sections 133 and 134 and what was revealed to me and what I learned so that I can draw closer to the Savior. And I did that, and I modeled, I showed them my notes, and I said, these are all the questions I had. This is the, how I was led from one thing to the next. And here's what I came up with. And really, I, had, I was struggling with two things. How do I sanctify myself? And how do I remove myself from Babylon? 
And I said, those were my questions that hit me in those verses. And here was the answer the Lord gave me. I said, now, brothers and sisters, I'm done sharing what I've learned. Now I want to hear what you've learned. Yeah. Silence, a long silence. And finally, maybe after five, I'm, I mean, silence, <laughs> heads looking down. And finally, somebody in the back raised his hand and said, well, when I was studying it, what I learned, out of that whole congregation, maybe two people studied the lessons during the week. Mm-hmm. And so I met with, uh, after, shortly after that, I met with my um, friend down there, Brandon Com- uh, Comstock in St. George. And I said, Brandon, I'm absolutely convinced that the general membership does not study the lesson or the talks before the class. I'm absolutely convinced. And right. he says, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I'd agree and I agree with you said, with that. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, the other part is we know from our going to these meetings up in Salt Lake that a very, very small percentage study the scriptures on a daily basis. This means that no one during that week had revelation. Mm. And if they did, they didn't record it. And I even told the class, I said, now, some of you may have learned something that you just can't share. Really personal. And if that's the case, then don't tell us what you learned. Tell us how you went about learning it. And Mm. still, there was no reaction. And so finally, after a period of time, maybe 40 minutes in the lesson, I said, okay, let's go down to this one verse in section 133 and talk about it. Because nobody was doing anything. And then what I did is what I talked to Brother McElby about. And I said, we need to have time during class time to record. So I, I, the last 10 minutes of the class, I said, now what we're going to do is I want you to take the time either on pen and paper or on your devices, put down some keywords or a sentence or two of what you learned, what the Lord told you during class time of how you can draw closer to him. And so brethren, the time, brothers and sisters, the time is yours. Nobody was doing this. Hmm. I know I, I, there was one or two I saw doing something like this. Rest were just their heads down. And I know they were thinking, no, oh, we got 10 more minutes. Okay. And, this, and so this is the problem. And it concerns me. It concerns uh, those in Salt Lake, the brethren, because if we're not reading the scriptures daily and receiving revelation and acting on that revelation, we're going to have a hard time. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And I love just that paints a perfect picture of, of by giving them, you know, I'm, I'm one of my big go-to phrases on, on this podcast is we often mistake an ability problem for a motivation problem. Like by giving people the ability and the knowledge and know-how of using this app, that's going to stimulate more scripture study Monday through Saturday. And then there'll be more to, to talk about, right. Or I can see like a teacher at the end of the lesson going, say, Hey, let's go to this scripture. And I want you to bookmark or highlight this verse in the next week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put a tag there called next week's lesson <laughs> and yeah. we're going to come back to it. Right. And I mean, there's so yeah. many ways to, to use it that way. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that's what we have to do. And that's why we have to model yeah, it model is a and big, show big. people because people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, as I talked to Brandon down uh, St. George, I said, I'm also convinced that I know we've got all these return missionaries and everything but most don't know how to study the scriptures, really study the scriptures and dig deeply mm-hmm. into them. We're asked to feast upon the words of Christ. We've been asked to drink deeply. And I have taken the time to read every book I can on scripture study. There's been quite a few in the church written, and I've read every single one. And they're all very good. And they basically all say the same thing. They just yeah. have different stories and, and things like that. And some have been written by general authorities and others not, some by professors at BYU. But we've got to learn really how to study the scriptures yeah. and have walk away from that study in some way being able to draw closer to Christ. And maybe sometimes I study, like when I studied the, for that Sunday school class, I had those two questions. I know what sanctification means in Hebrew and Greek. I already knew that. But how can I further sanctify myself? And then remove myself from Babylon. How can I do that? I even had over dinner talk, discussed it with my wife. I said, let's take sports. Sports is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We need exercise. There's nothing wrong with taking a family to a BYU game, okay? Or for those that want U of U, then going to a U of U. Well, there's something a little wrong with that. <laughs> I, I won't go into it. 
<laughs> if you're if you're red or blue, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter if you're red or blue. But anyway, uh, it, but but taking a family to a game like that is a good thing. But if you get so involved in sports that you don't have time to do your ministry assignments, you don't have time to go to your wife and say, "How can I help you?" If you don't have time to take the children from their mobile devices, which is a big uh, subject of mine, by the way. Yeah. The children should not have their devices, any device in their hand until they're four or five. And then only under really strict observation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's not a babysitting device. Well, that's what they use it as, but it's, it's, it's not a babysitting device. So anyway, the, the children playing with their devices are playing a game. So, come on, let's go outside and play some basketball. Right. If you watching sports is too important, that is Babylon. That's drawing you away from doing the things the Savior wants you to do. So I said, there's this fine line, but I don't know how to figure out this fine line. And then I finally was led to a quote by Elder Holland's grandfather, an 1828 talk. It's a seminal talk in the church. I never heard of it. I think it's called The Worth of Souls. I'll have to look it up. And it's a very long article, but he talks about me and it. Me is the spirit. It is the body. Hmm. And we need to be doing what me wants, not what it wants. Yeah. And that's what I shared with the class. So now all this week when I'm doing something, I'm going, is it me or it? Just that little question throws me back on the right path. Yeah. You know, it's Thanksgiving time and okay, I've already had one piece of pie. Uh, it, when I go to that second or third piece. Hey, hey, no good. judgment, Richard. Come on. <laughs> this is too fresh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it is ruling here, you know. <laughs> and so these are the things that... Uh, that I get from the gospel library or, you know, as I study the scriptures, these are the things that I'm not the same person I was last year or the year before. Mm -hmm. And I'm not making big jumps. I do not consider myself even at the level of an apostle. I'm he's up here and I'm way down here, (laughs) but me personally, I've made little steps in understanding the gospel because I really work at reading the scriptures daily Yeah, and and getting something from that. I love this approach of seeing, you know, it's, sometimes you hear the, the older generation say things like, oh, you got to you gotta go back to the old fashioned, you know, paper scriptures and do that. But it's it's encouraging to say, hey, listen, we live in this time. We have some incredible devices, some awesome apps. The church has poured all sorts of resources into this. And not only is are they great to use, but they actually stimulate more use and engagement with the scriptures as long as we model and show people how to do that. Yes. So, um, yes. Uh, and and there's approach. even more. If, if people, I've had people say, well, I like to have a pen and a paper and write. And I said, well, that's good. You can ha-. And I've had people say, well, I, I like the hard copy. I love the smell, the touch, the sound yeah. of the paper turning. Okay. Well, then have your hard copy, have your digital copy, do all the recording there, and your highlighting and notes, and your paper pad. You can have a paper pad, and there is a way that you can take that paper pad and digitize it and put it into the gospel library. Mm-hmm. There is a way to do that. And I actually, on my website, I, I talk about that. And I like to write. This is my Apple Pencil. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. somewhere. And I, I'm using my iPad right now to talk to you. And I just go to Good Notes and I write. Yeah. And then Good Notes will take it and transfer it to text very accurately. Mm. And then I take that text and I throw it right over to the gospel library in my note. So there's a way for everybody that has special needs and way they learn. We all learn differently. I'm very visual. And so I like to see things and I like to write it out. I don't always, sometimes I type it in with my thumb. Sometimes I dictate it. But if I feel like I'm in the writing mood, I can write. So anybody listening, thinking, well, it's not for me because I prefer this, get in contact with me. (laughs) And I, I actually get emails from people throughout the United States, but contact me. I'll have a Zoom meeting with you. I gave a talk to uh, back in Texas. Somebody I met here in Utah that was visiting saw my tag in it out, giving a lesson in Texas for a priesthood meeting. And so I will come to, I'll meet people individually, priesthood, relief society, sacrament meetings, fireside, state conference, whatever it takes to help get this message out and to get people enthused about it and not just give a motivational talk, but to actually, in yeah. fact, I've applied to BYU uh, to do another talk at BYU, and it's not going to be how to use the gospel library. What we're going to do as a class is study the scriptures together, 
and then I will talk about the gospel library. Hmm. Doing nice. the things you were just talking about. Yeah. Okay, we've gotten some remarks about this scripture. Now let's take the time right now and they can look at the screen. I'm going to highlight that text. I'm going to tap on note and now I'm going to type. And if you don't want to type with your thumbs or if, if you don't want to type a whole sentence, type in some key words so you can come back to it, fill it in. But I will actually, as a class, we'll study the scriptures together using the gospel library because I've learned that just talking about it is not enough, which you've mentioned as being a leader. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And I want to give a, a shout out to one. And there's so many features here. We probably couldn't fill it all in, in one interview here. But one thing I use a lot is the bookmark feature. Yes. You know, and, and there's a great widget that goes on the home screen of my phone. Yes. I can just have a come follow me bookmark. And then every week I just update the bookmark so that I can be there in, in literally one tap, right? Okay, well, you actually, have, you actually have a widget. There's two widgets. There's one for a verse of the day. And as, well, actually there's three. Verse of the day, quote of the day, and the come follow me. The come follow me will automatically update. Oh, perfect. Oh, I haven't yeah, used that so widget. You, yeah. So you just oh, create a widget. Do you use Apple or Android? Uh, Android, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, I know we're, <laughs> we're, we're sort of in the, you know, the, the terrestrial kingdom, but uh, some, maybe we'll. We'll, well, well, there's we'll always a, there's always a chance to recant. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's funny at BYU, we finally the, sec the second year decided to have a separate class for Apple and a separate class for Android because it was getting too confusing. And so the Apple people just filled in and they were going to the overflow and all of that. It came to the Android. <laughs> there were still plenty of empty seats. And I made I, I was teasing somebody. I said, boy, that's interesting. Not too many Android people. And they said, because we have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so on your Android, yeah, you just, uh, I've got an Android here, but just bring up a widget in the Gospel Library widget, and there's also a Come Follow Me widget. So you can actually have three of them. Okay. I use the quote of the day. I love it. I open my phone in the day, and there's a quote. You know, I've got, it, it, to me, it, it's beautiful to be able to go there. This is from Elder Rasband. And so it's nice to just have that that yeah. quote right there at the top. I, I yeah. love to have that. And yeah, I I'm assume glad if you, you mentioned the widgets. If you, you tap on it, it'll take you to the quote or to the gospel library anyway. Yeah, I tap on it and it takes me right to the top right there. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I must say, Rich, I mean, I don't claim to be an ex, a super expert at the gospel library, but I, I would have guessed that you'd probably not surprise me with anything on this interview. You know, I know about tags and notes and these mm -hmm. things, but. You know, I'm typically the guy that, yeah, if I'm in a Sunday school class and they say, all right, let's go to Mosiah. I go to the library, then I go to the scriptures. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I peck through that. And so that's a, that's awesome. You just hit the search and start typing it in. But another thing on that, you know, when it comes time to sing the hymn in sacrament meeting, I usually like dislocate my wrist from the flick yeah. trying to get to the, <laughs> the, the deep 200s, right? But uh -huh. if you just hit the search bar and you just type nothing but a number, It'll bring up the the hymn first. At least that's yeah. what it's doing on mine. So yes, it will. And yeah, cool. you can you can have those on your screens. So you just open up screens, and there's your your hymns, and yeah, you're all set. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot you can do. I know you live in Utah. I'll come to your home anytime and sit with you and your family, <laughs> and we'll talk about the gospel library because you can create a link from outside the gospel library and put it in. The gospel library. Hmm. So, for example, in my first chapter of Nephi, I've got a lot of notes, but if I scroll down, one of those notes has a link outside of the gospel library to what Reformed Egyptian looks like. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So, if I'm in a class and maybe teaching a little primary class or whatever, and say, you know, Reformed Egyptian, within seconds, I'm right there. I say, this is what it looks like. Hmm. And then up in the upper left hand corner, I tap and I'm right back to the gospel library. Yeah. And so I have a lot of these that I've created. In fact, in your notes, usually on a phone, it, it's more problematic. But if I go to, I'll just uh, hit my bookmark and pick something where my wife and I've been reading. And so here, and if I highlight some text and then tap on note, in the note, the problem is there's this bar that right here at the bottom. Okay? Oh, yeah. And you have to scroll because there's more to it. Oh, yeah. And if I scroll, there is where I can create a link. 
Oh, interesting. So okay. what, I, what I do is I copy the link from outside the gospel library. I have a word in my note that I highlight, and then I hit the link button, and then I paste in the link, and now that word is a link. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. And so I create a lot of things. Not everything's in the gospel library. And so I use these outside resources and have links that take me to that. That's interesting because I would have thought to, in my mind, I would have just gone to notes and just pasted the the link right in the notes. But then is it? It's not hyperlinked. Is that is that the problem? Right. Well, no. You can do that, but then you get something that's about that much of text, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It can be really but if messy. but if you if you create that link to a word, oh, okay. gotcha. then you've just got your word that's in blue and underlined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That and makes so sense. then you just click on that that one word, and it it takes you right over. Cool. So it just cleans up your notes a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this has been great, Richard. I'm inspired and excited to, to share okay, this with others to, to uh, <laughs> use the Gospel Library app more effectively. And if I've got one more question for you, but before I get there, it's, if people want to learn more about you or connect with you or your podcast, plug all that stuff one last time so people know where to find you. All right. Well, the way to reach me is help, just the word help, at the Busy Latter Day Saint. Dot com. There's no hyphen between ladder and day. So it's just one word, the busy latter day saint.com and just help and um, put in something in there that you need help with something and I will help. And I'm well known. I, if, if we can't do it through email, I'll even call you up or we'll have a private zoom meeting, whatever it takes to help you with that particular thing. So just help at the busy latter day saint.com. I have a website called the Busy Latter Day Saint, and that uh, does have a hyphen in there. But if you just if you just type in the Busy Latter Day Saint, Google will find it. And then my podcast is the Busy Latter Day Saint, awesome. which is on all the, the the services there. So, well, they they picked the right missionary, Richard, for for this effort. You're doing doing great. You can really you really know how to preach the gospel of uh, of the app, which will lead us to the the true gospel. So yes, that's good. yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, Richard, last question I have for you is just reflecting on your time, you know, engaged in the scriptures in this format and on this mission and, and just being anxiously engaged in this, this part of the vineyard. How has this helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Oh, I think that's a great question. I have really learned. I have drawn much closer to him over the last few years since I've been up here in Utah. I've been here six years, I think it is. And having served a mission at the MTC, when I helped missionaries, and these were missionaries who didn't know how to study the scriptures, their mission president would send them to us. And a lot of them had ADHD. And of course, I'm dyslexic myself and became the expert on helping missionaries that have dyslexia. But I just learned, I think the MTC was part of my process. And you can't go to the MC and not feel the spirit. It's impossible. You can't be around these missionaries and not feel the spirit. And so as I became more into studying the scriptures, into revelation, just it has drawn me closer and closer and closer to being his follower. And I'm at a point in my life, and again, I'm retired. I understand that I've got certain opportunities a lot of people don't have. I'm not trying to put shoes on the children and you know, make sure the house payment's made and everything. And, and, and that creates stress. But I'm at a point in my life that my patriarchal blessing says that my last days of my life will be the best of my life. And they are because I'm drawing closer and closer and closer to the Savior. And temple has become the most important thing within my life. When during COVID, I promised the Lord several years ago, I would attend the temple every week. And when COVID hit, I went to the parking lot and sat there every week, reading the scriptures and praying. And this is what it's transformed me in trying to be more Christ-like. And I've got a long ways to go. I tease my wife sometimes. I'm not an easy person to live with. But doing these things that I've been talking about today does lead a person closer to Christ. You can't help but not come closer and realize how important He is to our daily life. 
That concludes this episode of the Leading Saints podcast. We'd love to hear from you about your questions or thoughts or comments. You can either leave a comment on the uh, post related to this episode at leadingsaints.org or go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and send us your perspective or questions. If there's other episodes or topics you'd like to hear on the Leading Saints podcast, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and share with us the information there. And we would love for you to share this with any individual you think this would apply to, especially maybe individuals in your ward council or other leaders that you may know who would really appreciate the perspectives that we discussed. And remember, text the word LEAD to 474747 in order to access the three most popular sessions of the Liberating Saints Library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness, the loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.